What's up, guys? We are now in day three of our new WGT challenge where you can win a free DNVR shirt. And at the end of all of this, you could potentially win gift cards, tickets to a game or a jersey of your choice. Here's how you do it. It's called World Golf Tour, and it's the best golf app on the market. First, you go to freewgt.com to download the game, get it all set up, get through the tutorial, and that's where you can start. You have to go to freewgt.com and download it from there to be able to participate. Once you get it in, once you get all of it set up and get through the tutorial, you're going to go to the closest to the hole challenge. And then every week, we're going to pick a golf course and a hole. This week, it's Wolf Creek for the golf course, and it's the very first hole on the challenge. Hole number 11, challenge number one. And whoever gets the ball closest to the hole that week is going to win. You'll get a sweet DNVR t-shirt of your choice or a gift card from a local restaurant. All you have to do to submit is go ahead and hit the ball, get it as close to the hole as you can, and then take a screenshot and tag us on Twitter or send it to info at thednvr.com. That's I-N-F-O at thednvr.com. But get this, that's not the only things we're doing. As I said, at the end of all of this, you could get a chance to win AVS tickets or a jersey of your choice. Every week when you play, even if you don't win, you are entered as a raffle ticket for the big giveaway at the end. Obviously, the more raffle tickets you get, the better chance you have to win the big prize. So one last time, go to freewgt.com to download the game. Go to that closest to the whole challenge. Go to Wolf Creek and play that hole number one to get in, get entered, and take us on as well. We both have played it. AJ's still ahead of me here because I just can't seem to get it inside of him, but I've already seen some pretty sweet scores out there. So you're going to have to play pretty well to take it home this week. Did you see the one that we got like an hour ago? Yeah. Inside a foot. 0.77. All right, nerd. We see you. Right. Straight up. The inside line for a favorite to win right there. I would think. Yeah. I, yeah. By, I think what by Friday. Yeah. Friday is the end of week one, I believe. So, yeah. I've got to, I've got to start to, I got to get back on it. That guy, I'm like, all right, all right. It's like that. <laughs> it's getting real. It's, it's getting like real. that. Well, there's two, we've got two submissions that beat me now. So I'm like, all right, let's do all this right. thing. Yeah. And let's also do this thing by jumping into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J, T, Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online at mygreensolution.com. You can use their express checkout to get in and out as fast as possible. And you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We heard all of the masses talking about wanting a roughly monthly prospect podcast, so... That's what we decided to bring to you today. Definitely my forte. I am all about watching prospects all the time. So, yeah, I don't know, AJ, where do you want to start? I mean, let's just start at the top. Let's start let's start with the big guy out uh, out out west and we'll we'll hang out in the CHL before we move on anywhere else. Uh, I know it's not the league in which the, the I guess the three leagues that the the Abs have the most prospects these days, but that's where they've got the number one guy. It surely is. Bone Byram playing for the Vancouver Giants. His season started off once he was sent back down there, exactly how you would expect it to. He looks yeah. absolutely dominant, particularly on the offensive side. Everything in his game that was lacking in the preseason where we were asking for that physicality, we wanted to see more of that confidence from him, is absolutely still there at, at the junior level. He's the best player on the ice, and he absolutely knows it. That 
Vancouver team, not as good as I think they want to be right now. I, I don't think they look like a real Memorial Cup contender, if I'm being honest. So wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a month or two here, we start hearing his name getting thrown around a lot to potentially move to a better team. You got to think that uh, a couple of their guys would be yeah. on the move. Dangled for sure for those picks. You would think so. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's the way of life in in the CHL is that if if it doesn't happen. Uh, you just <clears throat> immediately blow it up and start over. Right. <laughs> like no... if, you, if you think that, you know, you're coming to the end of their run here, um, uh, you know, with a guy like Bowen Byram and a, and a few of these other guys that they've got, it makes more sense if you're not, if you're realistically not going to be in serious contention uh, to make a, a deep Memorial Cup run, you move on and you just try and stack picks and take yeah. another chance later on. It's, Dude, the CHL is brutal that way. It really is. Like a team will give up half a decade of high value picks for one run with Byram. Right. They absolutely will. Yeah. And and that one I you know, I don't know the financials of CHL teams. I I can't imagine they're very profitable. But I I mean a Memorial Cup run is huge. Yeah. You get way way more exposure you're playing games on psn hockey night in canada this type stuff as a junior team that's gigantic for you and and a lot of junior teams do have very good local fan bases but just based off of operating costs alone it's very hard to be significantly profitable yeah 100 percent. and you know the giants are kind of uh they're they're staring down the barrel of the exact kind of start that they did not want uh they you know they have they've they've got two abs prospects and you know i think i think certainly byram they know you know cuz they're going they're going to lose him for wjc's as well and so yep. that's that's their best player that they're going to have to remove for another portion of the season and they've you know they've got through 16 games right now where they just have not been very good right and you know, Byram has been the player they wanted him to be for the most part. He's nearly a point per game as a defenseman. Only has two goals, but we kind of expected a bit of a reduction in goal scoring just because last season was ridiculous for him. Right. That 26 was always going to be uh, insane. And then, I mean, even the eight in the eight in the playoffs was. Yeah. Just uh, absurd. Yeah. That, that the guy nearly had a 40 goal season, like was what in the world. That that we we and we talked about that in the draft lead up that he was not going to do that again. Yeah, no, no way. I mean, if he did it again, you should have kept him on the abs, basically. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Byram is playing great. I don't have a ton to say about him because we already know he's really good, and and honestly, he's too good for that league. We've talked about how we wish that a few select players could play in the AHL every year. Don't really need to get into that conversation again. The other Avs prospect there, Trent Miner, it's been a bit of a struggle for him. Uh, He's only got two wins and seven starts this year. And David Tendek, the other Vancouver goalie, has clearly taken the starter's job away from him. And he's slowly working his numbers back up to decent, but not a great start to the year for him. I would would say that if the Giants um, fail to make a run, uh, Tendek would be one of the guys I think that they would be very likely shopping. Yeah, yeah, would make a lot of sense for them to move on just because they know that they've got minor for the next few years. Uh, and I think Tendek is probably off to uh, Tucson next year. So yeah, um, that's that that only matters in relation to uh, the future of minor as as the starter. But it is definitely a disappointing start uh, for him right now because we were both very excited about that pick. There were a lot of people I heard from a lot of people out West who loved that pick uh, and, and thought that minor was going to be a really underrated guy for them. And that with a seventh rounder, a, a very real chance to get a real player and certainly not going to back off of any of that. It's just that right now it's a slow start. Yeah, definitely a slow start. Small sample size, of course. You know, take it with a grain of salt, especially with goaltenders there. Oh, yeah. 
But continuing on through the WHL, the other two as prospects are kind of our two favorites, Sasha Mutala and Luca Burzan. I'm feeling pretty good about liking Mutala. I've absolutely loved him every single time I've seen him play. He Dude, just so he good. has that heart of a lion type where he just works harder than everyone else with the talent, at least at the junior level, to back it up. And this is he is off to statistically the kind of start that you always want to see from your guy. Because, yep. you know, his his first two years in the WHL, he got better each year. Yeah. And last year it was like, hey man, there's there is a really interesting player here. You just and, gotta put it all together. <laughs> right. And he's been slowly putting it together each season. And he's off to exactly that kind of start. And um I couldn't I couldn't be more excited, honestly, uh, about the early returns on Mutala because he was a he was a first time eligible too. So yeah, exactly. You know that he's got you know this is one of the you know he'll he'll be in the WHL this season and next and yep. a very solid start here. Yeah, it's he this Tri Cities team is not that good. Yeah, but Mutala was just kind of thrust into the superstar role for them, and he took it and just absolutely ran with it and is crushing. Yeah, the only guy on their team with double-digit points, by the way. Yeah. Just to give you context for, you know, the the guys around him just not quite on his level. There have been three games that Mutala has not scored in and one he was scratched in. They lost those games 5-1, 6-1, and 10-2. So when Mutala doesn't score, they just get bopped. (laughs) Wow. 10-2. Gotta love junior hockey. Yeah, and that uh, that ten was Luca Burzan and the Brandon Weekings. So <laughs> they are also perfect not a good transition. Team. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that Brandon team is also really not that good, despite destroying the Americans on that particular occasion. Yeah, uh, funny it, enough, offensively challenged. Yeah, it's Burzan's situation. He is a year older than Mutala, and and a bit more is expected out of him, certainly. But it is that same type of scenario where he's Brandon's top scorer. He is their go-to guy. And when he's not scoring, which is a little bit too frequently for my liking, Mm -hmm. Brandon just kind of gets cratered. I hate seeing cold streaks, especially for uh, for a second year draft eligible eligible someone coming in as what should be his last year in the WHL unless he goes back as an overager. He started off strong, but then had a six game point slide, pointless slide, I suppose I should say, and that, yeah, I mean it's fine. I'm not gonna make too much of it. He's still just under a point per game. It's not good though, but you should be showing a lot of consistency at that level. You need to be on a better level than most of your peers. You, I mean, honestly, a six game slide uh, for a guy that you're hoping to give an ELC and drop into your AHL next year. uh, It's a discouraging start. It is. You look at the whole body of work, 13 points in 15 games. And you're like, Oh, that's not too bad. Um, Knowing that six of those games, you know, he, he, he hasn't scored. It's really 13 points in nine games. And hey, you feel great about that. But right. the longer that streaks like that, you know, and and if that ends up being the only one more than like two or three games all season, then you look back at it as an anomaly. But because we're only, you know, 15 games into the WHL schedule for, for the for the Wheaties right now, you you don't love it. You're It's a little discouraging, but it's also October. Yeah, and look, Burzan is uh, not really the type of player to take that leadership carry a line type of role, I believe. And Brandon just simply doesn't have the talent around him. So he has to try and do that where he can. 100% expect expect him to end up on a different team at the end of this season. Especially if if he really does put together a solid profile (laughs) and... uh, yeah, is able to is able to actually find his way um, to some more consistent offense. Yep, exactly. Knowing that he's gone, he could be gone at the end of the year. 
Yeah, and then real quick, last guy in the CHL to round out this segment. He's over in the queue, obviously, in Alex Bocage. He is exactly the player that he was when he was drafted. That being, the dude has just a unreal NHL caliber shot. There's zero doubt about it. He uses it every single night in the queue and just straight up makes their defensemen look dumb on the regular just because he holds onto the puck and has confidence with it. Still some question marks for me about how much he'll be able to do when he has less space at the next level. And that's just something you can't really gauge in the queue and until he graduates. Yeah, I mean, Bokaj is off to exactly the kind of start that you want Alex Bokaj to have. Yeah. He's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to make some plays, but he's he's going to be a goal-scoring monster in the queue, and you just want to see that continue to develop. You want to see his all-around game come around. He's never really going to be much of a playmaker. Uh, I don't know that he replicates last year's offensive production, but you'd love to see the goals come, continue to come for him. Uh, the 39 that he had last year, I think that's very, very doable, especially because he has 12 and 16 games. Um, that's who he is. It's what he does. I think he's off to the kind of start that you feel great about. Yeah, I look, he's done everything that was expected of him. The goal scoring is absolutely there. I think the playmaking might even be better than what he was originally billed at. So he is definitely taking steps towards that offensive category. Skating is still going to be an issue. That's something that is, it's more of a long-term project. You have to really wait until the end of the season to take a good hard look at how much that has changed. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that's, that's to be determined. But uh, for a guy that they use one of their two thirds on, Feeling good. Yes, for sure. Uh, we will get to that other third a little bit in segment two, but right now snow is in the air and on the ground as well as in the mountains, and the mountains are calling many people's names, so it's time to party about it with opening day and never summer, combining with Breckenridge Brewery to throw an awesome opening day for skiing and snowboarding party at Punchbowl Social down in Denver from 6 to 11 p.m. on November 8th, I believe. They have a sweet, awesome setup. Denver Legends, the Gin Gin Doctors will be crushing our favorite 90s hits, and you get the chance to take the stage and rock out with them, as well as a number of other live bands. You can do 90s karaoke and a bunch of other stuff. Stay tuned for the sign-up, as well as chances to win this year's Artist Series All Mountain Snowboard, designed by Jamie Molina. Chances to win epic passes for the season, as well as the premiere of Never Summer Never Summer Industries film, free board and ski waxing by 720 Board Shop, beer, beer, and more beer from Breckenridge Brewery. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Ruto and AJ presented by The Green Solution. We've talked about the CHL guys. I suppose now we can move into the NCAA players for the abs. We'll start at the top of the picks again here, and that is Alex Newhook uh, in Boston College alongside second rounder Drew Hellison. Not the start you were looking for. I'm not overly worried about it. Newhook and Hellison both have one goal apiece through five games. Definitely wanted to see more offense out of Newhook, but this Boston College team that is loaded with talent has really been off to a bit of a slow start, especially on the production side. Yeah, it's a good reminder that when you have like seven incoming freshmen or something, that it's going to take some time. You're not going to walk into college hockey on day one and be like, all right, well, we're here now. We were a bunch of first round picks and I guess we just dominate everybody. Uh, It's it's an adjustment. We forget sometimes the NCAA is it's tough. You know, it's, it's a big step up from from either the USHL where uh, Hellison came from or certainly junior a where new hook came from yeah it's especially junior a i think is it is a large step and and there is certainly an adjustment period there new hook is is still kind of trying to find himself in the lineup too they've played him at wing some ultimately yeah. i i do think he ends up as a center even there and 
he's kind of getting thrown around in the middle six, not really the top six. Again, they have a lot of freshmen that they're working through the lineup and, and, and trying to sort out. Did want to see more, though. I, I wanted him to come in and, and carry his line, and that's the one thing that's missing a bit for me. I, I do want to see him drive play a little bit more. Yeah, and especially against DU, you know, yeah. and, and like he was like top team in the country again, um, per usual. So it's it wasn't a huge surprise that he wasn't like outstanding against them. But selfishly, it would have been nice to see a little bit more uh, just production wise. I think when you when you've watched him actually play, there's a lot of things to feel good about, a lot of things to be encouraged about. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, again, you'd like the numbers to be there, but of course. But Newhook, he's he's shown the, the the explosiveness and and the skating and the hands and all of those things that made him such an intriguing prospect. All that's there. He's just figuring out how to use them at the college yeah. level right now. All of the raw talent, all the tools are there, but he's got to kind of rebuild the toolbox a little bit. A good reminder, you know, there was there was the hype on him because of he had such a strong showing at the rookie uh, yeah. development camp, and then like the three v three game, he was just electric, and there started to be this like maybe Newhook can join the Avs at the end of the season, and it was like pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, and it was like, look, like I'm not going to sit here and say that won't happen because it's certainly possible, but. Like this is certainly not a surprising start for me. Yeah, I'm I'm not totally surprised, a little disappointed. You do want to see that talent shine through a little bit more, but again, when it's not three on three and it's a full on hockey game, there's a whole lot less room to just fly down the ice. Right. And you know, obviously he was a defenseman, but you remember Kale McCarr's freshman year in Amherst, he had twenty points. It was very much so an adjustment for him as well. And look what he's doing now. Yeah. And and I mean, I think it would be interesting uh, to, to see if, you know, new, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't imagine new hook is even on the radar for WJCs, but in a year or two, uh, if he is, it'd be interesting to see him against that peer group because you know, you are younger in the when you're a freshman in college, you're going up against guys that are a little bit older because the, you know, the CHL does weed guys out so quickly. Uh, you know, the the 20 year olds that, that the, the very talented 20 year olds that leave every time every year uh, the and the guys who stay back 20 that are they're 22 and such, you know, that those are those are more rare in the CHL than they are in the NCAA because <clears throat> college programs are full of guys who played three years in the USHL, you know, yeah. and are, and are 23 years old, uh, you know, in, in their junior year and whatever. So you are, you are stepping up in physical maturity to go to go play in, in college hockey. And uh, it's just a process. The guys we have seen time and time again, guys go from junior A, uh, transition over, and it's it takes time. You know, Jost was kind of a, a, a rarity in that case, but he was also on one of the top lines of one of, like, a, a, a very, very, very good team, uh, but that a team that was also certainly driven by its top line, uh, where he had lots of talent next to him as well. And... Uh, you know, new hook obviously played with Matt Boldy, so he's got plenty of talent with him, but uh, it's they're making the same transition. So I'm not worried yet, but it, it definitely does feel like you would have loved to have seen like a four points in five games start. Yeah, even like th two or three would be a little bit. Nicer than one. We'll, we'll put well, it that and way. And hey, had he he has the one and. Uh, had he had zero, we would have been like, at least one would have been nice. Right, right? right. So, exactly. There's always greener on the other side, of course. Yeah. But. So, uh, it, you know, of course, you'd always like to have at least one more point from yeah. every prospect. Very true. Uh, Hellison, not a ton to talk about on that one. He, he's got 
he is what he is, right? Looking at the defensive side, he's got a decent amount of shots, actually, but definitely as he adjusts to the college game as well, you you're waiting on the offense to round out until he gets more comfortable. He liked I liked him against the DU. I thought I thought he took care of it. I thought he took care of his own zone, man. Um he was physical and he showed really good footwork. I probably walked out of that more and more intrigued by him than I was walking into it. Yeah, I remember you being a little bit lower on him than I was, but yeah. it, it with defensemen especially in the NCAA, I, I preach patience and in, in figuring out what they actually are. This is going to take years. I mean, this is two to three years. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um, a couple other defensemen, Nate Clerman and Nick Lieberman, they kind of fit that mold that you were talking about. Clerman was a 20-year-old freshman and Lieberman was 19. So I guess Lieberman was just about 20 as well, actually. Yeah. Good and a junior A kid. Yeah, another junior A kid in Lieberman. Yeah. And Clerman was technically a USHL at the end there. Um, the good news for them is they're both regulars in the lineup this year, which is an improvement from their freshman year. Still no need to go too in-depth there. Both of them are still a couple years away and probably long shots. Uh yeah, but I you can't you cannot get me off of the Nate Clorman train. And hey, he look, tried he's got- by going back to the prep school uh after being drafted. He tried to get me off that train, but uh he was solid for Notre Dame last year. Uh he's off to a good start with Notre Dame this year, and I I cannot help but feel like there just might be a player there down the road. Yeah. It- he does have two points in four games this year, showing a little bit of offense that so many years ago flashed a bit at the the first Avs rookie conditioning development camp, whatever you wanted to call it. It's been a while since we've seen that out of him. So, you know, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel there. Certainly. Uh, and anytime I've watched him, you know, he's got good size. Uh, he's a good skater, and he's he's always been a jack of all trades guy. It's not like he's a he's always been a uh, offense first, and you just hope to put the defense together. Like that's Lieberman's game. Really good skater, uh, really natural puck mover. You're trying to put the defensive game together with Clerman. He's very much your all around guy that's going to do a little bit of everything for you, but nothing. You know, he won't be <laughs> great at anything, but he'll be good at everything. Yeah. And Clerman's game fits very, very well at a place like Notre Dame. Oh yeah. Whereas Lieberman's not so much. Little, little more of an interesting fit there. Definitely a bit, and we'll see how that develops throughout the year. The other Notre Dame player, Cam Morrison, in his senior year, he's got a point a game to start the season. Honestly, I really don't know how much there is to take about it. You've talked about how he wanted to go back and he wanted to have that dominant year in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. So far, so good. But I'm just waiting to see what he looks like against pros. Even even then, um, this just it's just kind of keeps on going on for Cam Morrison. Uh, There are guys who are, you know, he's got two teammates that have 11 points in four games. Yeah, it's. We can kind of lump Smirnov into this conversation as well because he's another senior over at Penn State. Yeah. And they're playing on teams with younger, much more high-powered offensive talent than what they are showing. Yeah. So, yes, you can talk about how Cam Morrison's role as a net front guy and the way he's been used in Notre Dame and blah, 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 blah. It's been three plus years now, and we're still waiting for the results on the score sheet to show up. And they really haven't quite been to the level of his of the peers, competition, teammates, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and with Morrison, I mean, we've been saying for what the last two years at least that he's going to be hard to judge until we get him out of there. Yeah, absolutely. he just didn't want to leave. He wanted. Uh, I know that he wanted to go back one more year. He felt he had some unfinished business, and he also cared a lot about getting his degree. Yeah, never going to knock him for getting a degree. That's definitely a smart move regardless. The- yeah, when you're, you know, 
hey, it's great that he was drafted and that he might be in line for an ELC at the end of this year. But, you know, he's one of those guys that could, it could be, you know, a career in pro hockey may not be longer than five years if it doesn't go well. So yep. I'm never going to begrudge a, a borderline guy for getting a degree. The final three NCAA prospects for the Avs include Matt Steinberg, Tyler Weiss, Sampo Ranta. Steinberg has not played a game yet because Cornell has an incredibly weird schedule where they haven't even played an official game under the NCAA yet. So they start in November for reasons unknown. They have played a couple of exhibition games, one against a Canadian college and one against the USA 18s. Steinberg did not dress for either. I've looked for news on why, and I can't find any. So don't know. Still completely in the dark on him. Weiss got off to a very interesting start at Uno. And this Uno team still not very good, I don't think. There's not a ton of talent on it. Although they did start the season three and one. They played some pretty weak competition to start, and then they beat Ohio State, split with them. That's decent. We got an assist in the very first game, and then shortly after in the third period of that game, got thrown out of it, got a match in a game penalty for interference. I cannot find a clip of it, so I have no idea what happened, but how a five foot ten and 150-pound hockey player managed that, I have no idea. And he must have gotten big on somebody, man. Yeah, right, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever seen someone get thrown out for interference before, but he's, I don't, he's someone that we're waiting to see be healthy for an entire year. And if he can play like he did at the end of last season, consistently producing, maybe there's something there again, much like many other players in college, probably still a couple years left on that. If anything comes of it. We we always said that this was a three year minimum project with Weiss. So, yep. uh, you know, the hands and the skating were always very very intriguing. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I mean, he's always been a major project. You know, can he eat four thousand calories a day and stay an explosive skater with with silky smooth hands? We'll see. If he can, they might have something there. Maybe. And finally, the man, the myth, the legend, Rambo Santa himself. <laughs> yes, Boy. that is Rambo Santa. We know, we <laughs> do know it's it's his nickname. Every time that we say it, we get somebody that tweets at us. It's like his name is Sampo Ranta, guys. We know. <laughs> we we're pretty confident on what his name is. He is quickly turning into a love hate relationship for me. I thought he started off this year fantastic. First game, he didn't score, but he had five shots on goal. He followed up with a goal in both of the next two games, has been consistently getting involved in that offense, getting shots off, driving to the front of the net, and doing more of that work in the dirty areas. But then he doesn't score for two games, and it's just he suddenly becomes unengaged, and the offense dried up. Small sample size of just a couple games here. He cannot do that. He needs to have that consistency at very least on the offensive side. Still haven't seen significant improvements to his game on the defensive side so far this year. So he can have all the physical tools in the world, but if he can't put that together, it's just not going to matter. Yeah. He had the, you know, the world junior summer showcase, whatever that thing is yeah. called. It was awesome. Or he killed. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and Finland, just destroyed. Uh, but that that was really the the big reason for optimism coming into the season for him. Um, off to an, just kind of the same start he had last year. Got to see it. Yep. He has to find that middle of the season consistency that he didn't have. Yeah. If he doesn't find it this year, yeah, I'm not going to write him off, but it, it's going to start to feel like he may just never find it. <clears throat> Look, year three, um, we should talk just because very quickly here, since I know we're trying to get out of here, but uh, year three is always the key year for prospects in college. Uh, they've gotten two, they've had two years to kind of adjust age wise. They now undoubtedly fit in. Uh, they might be younger than some guys, but they're they're absolutely older than than a handful of others. Uh, maturity wise, they ought to be there. 
that's the big breakout year for guys is year three uh, for non like top prospects. Some guys can come in and destroy as freshmen. You get an appreciation for those guys because they are rare, you know, and then even, even some of the top prospects in college hockey, the last couple of years have taken multiple years. You know what Cole Caulfield is doing at Wisconsin right now. That's special. Like that stands out as wow. That's that's something that does not happen very often, uh, because it does typically take guys a couple of years. Mid round guys, three years is the conversation that you really should be having. Um, so it's that's just realistic. It sucks to wait like that because the CHL kids provide much faster returns, but. With with the NCAA, you are you are looking at three years as kind of your standard. Okay, well let's let's you know we'll see what happens in year three because I've talked to a lot of these guys uh, and a lot of them have said that they have three year plans when they get into college and they're open to the idea. You know, if the Avs were to come to them and say, "Hey, we want to give you an ELC," you know, like the Avs uh, talked to Morrison at the end of last year, but there was you know not every guy feels comfortable with doing that right away. Um, but these guys typically do have three-year plans, and they say if you don't get the ELC offer after the third year, then then that starts to shift into okay. Well, I'm going to get my, I'm going to make sure I get my degree, and yeah. I'm going to make sure that there's something else waiting for me on the other side, just in case this pro hockey thing doesn't work out. For sure, and you know I think that kind of sums up most of the ads college prospects you do have the new hooks the jokes that come through obviously the macars but most of their ncaa picks tend to come in those middle rounds that take a little bit longer so we will get out of this second segment here mm. but first mm. shamil Schmackoff. he's kind of yeah, our he, one guy ushl fit. Uh, off to off to an okay start in the ushl yeah. Okay. He played two very good games, had two very mediocre games. He's a 20 year old in the USHL really weird situation. Another one that wait and see on that one a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will get out of this second segment here. We will get into the ads pro prospects very briefly in the third segment, but first you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. And we're super excited to tell you about Denver rubber company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, DRC has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom hoses, as well as snowplow blades. And snow is obviously coming. In fact, it's already here, a bunch of it on the ground these last couple of days. And DRC has got your back. They can cut to size and pre-slot pretty much any snowplow rubber that you need. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked we went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades and have machines that cut out pieces that go inside of bulletproof vests to stop those bullets. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes all of it, and you can purchase products for yourself or buy in bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any of those snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, or anything else. You can call at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. Third and final segment of this DNVR Avalanche Prod prospect pod wow i'm struggling today presented by the green solution i'm rudo he's aj i'm gonna start off with eustace ananen pretty hard for us to watch european goalies on the regular i do my best to get at it when i can but ananen is really kind of doing something special in the liga he just recently set the longest shutout streak in the league entirely longer than four straight games so you're looking for a prospect goalie to do something good it doesn't get any better than that Um, i mean that's that's perfect right yeah literally perfect you cannot play goaltender better than that it's it's, uh combine that with what adam warner is doing in the ahl right now yep it's hard not to be genuinely excited now granted any kind, any time I ever get excited about a goaltender, 
It is the exact definition of guarded optimism. But at the <laughs> yes. same time, genuinely excited. You know, Werner is off to a great start with the Eagles. And, you know, despite the one clunker of a game where he gave up, what, four goals in the first period. Um, Annanen, <laughs> I know he's on a great team. Uh, in Carpot. I know very, that. Very much so. His season high in shots faced is 26, to put that in context. Right. Like, I understand that he is he is on one of the Liga's best teams. But at the same time, if he's on one of the Liga's best teams and he was holding them back, that's a red flag. That they are full steam ahead with that kid there as their starter. And and their starter for could be the next year or two. Yep. Mm. That is some choice development to say the least. Just to run down his stats, he's started nine games. He has seven wins and two overtime wins and zero losses of any kind. His save percentage is ninety four point five. His goals against is one point three three. I mean, that's just stupid, silly numbers. The other Avs goalie pro prospects, not going to spend much time talking about him. Peter Kavacha playing in the Czech Republic. He finally did break into the top league this year. He's been a middle-of-the-pack goalie in the league. His rights expire at the end of this season. Given the great play of, of Werner and Annanen, I just don't think it's happening there. But where things are definitely happening on the forward side, two of the Avs Potentially closest to the NHL pros. Well, one of them's a forward, one of them's a defenseman. Nikolai Kovalenko, the forward. Danilo Zaravlyov, the defenseman. Kovalenko is playing very interestingly in the KHL. He's mm-hmm. pretty much solidly in a third line role. The prediction, the production is a little bit on the low side. Four points in nineteen games. Mm-hmm. Would like to see a little bit more of that, but he has very consistently found a place for himself. He regularly puts up three to six hits in every single game. He has that bulldog mentality that got him drafted in the first place, and, and it really does look to just fit in so well in a bottom six NHL role. And this is what we've always talked about with him. Well, we've always been excited about uh, Kovalenko as a prospect. It's always been with the understanding that offensively this is not going to be an elite player. He's not going to blow it up. We're looking at a tryhard, a physical player that works really hard and is very, very sound defensively, uh, a future PK stud, all of those things. He's the exact kind of guy that the abs have failed to develop on their own in a long time. Very, very much so. He's that type of role player that you're looking for that the Avs have not been able to get one of without going out and overpaying for a Matt Calvert type. Right. And they're not going to, you know, when they've had, they've been sitting on tons of cap space the last couple of years, you know, Kale McCarr is going to get a huge deal. Philip Grubauer looks like he's going to get a huge deal. Uh, Landis Gog is going to have a new contract at some point. Obviously the McKinnon $15 million deal. Is is looming in five years, three years, depending on when they want to sign it. Um, all of that, you know, is still to come. It's crucial that they get uh, NHL players out of some of these guys, and I think Kovalenko is one of the keys. To be honest, uh, his contract ends after the twenty twenty one season, so it's not an immediate thing. It's not he's not coming in this year, but at the end of next season. He should 100% get that ELC, come over here, and to be honest with you, compete immediately for an NHL job. Uh, the The big thing about having guys developing over in the KHL is they're not going to leave the KHL to come over here and, and mess around in Loveland. That's not what those guys yeah. are here for. Uh, that's not why they come over here. Most of them don't have the mindset that a guy like Pavel Franco's had. You know, where he did not he did not mind coming over here and playing in the AHL for a year and saying, Hey, I have to prove myself. Even as a <clears throat> even as a twenty-eight year old, you know, those a lot of these guys don't have that mindset. You know, the they come over here and they think, Okay, well, the KHL is, you know, it's it's better than the AHL. Why would I 
why would I leave home for this? And if he if he does come over here after 2021, it's got to be to drop in. And that's that's when both Belmar and Calvert uh, have expiring contracts. It's a it's a it's a very easy fit to just look at it and say that's that's what you do. That's that's what you build. Yep. Uh, that he just replaces one of those guys flat out. Pretty easy plug and place type scenario for sure. We'll see. The Russia is just weird. Once every two weeks, they'll scratch Kovalenko for a game, and I have to go digging through like piles of Russian news to try and figure out what happened. And most of the time, it's just, well, he's a rookie and he needs a game off. So that just kind of seems to be the way they develop things. I guess he's not even really a rookie. I don't know what qualifies as a rookie. There's 30 games last year, probably eliminates him. But they treat their young players very, very passively like that. Yeah, they're it's always been weird, uh, but I'm encouraged that he's carved out a consistent job with them this year and looking forward to following his career for the next couple of years until it's time to bring him over. Yeah. And then maybe the biggest surprise of the entire unsigned avalanche prospect pool is Daniel Zaravilov also playing in the KHL. He started out this preseason. We were talking about, look, we have no idea where this kid is going to play. He wasn't signed to a KHL deal yet. The VHL was clearly not a league that was helping anyone, particularly him. And he came into his team's training camp, straight up earned a spot in the KHL, and has completely flourished in the league. He has six points in 18 games, which is more points than he put up all of last year in the VHL. He looks like a vet out there. His hockey IQ really, really shines through when he's playing with other high-level pro players. Mm -hmm. And man... His stock in my head has shot up, and it's he's someone I'm super excited to see more out of. I I would have him uh, in the prospect hierarchy right now. Uh, I it's it's Byram, it's Timmins, and then it's this ocean of space. Yeah, uh, mostly full of my tears at this point, uh, and then Hellison and Zhiravalov are are in there somewhere, and then after that. Uh, Clerman and Lieberman. Yes, I'm, I'm with you there. And it's... I would say coming into this year, Zhiravalov was like, he was a guy that I would have on a separate list with just a big question mark next to him because I had no <laughs> idea. There yeah. was no feel for it. The guy he was in his draft year was not the guy that we saw even a little bit last year, a total ghost last year. And then the guy that we've seen this year, it's just like, what's going on here? This guy's super solid. You know, he's the way that he's able to move pucks is really encouraging. Yeah, I I honestly can't explain it. Whatever went on in the VHL there, I mean, it, honestly, it almost seemed like they treated it like defensive boot camp for him. Like, we're going to teach you how to take care of your own end first. So who knows? Maybe the VHL was what he needed, but he has <laughs> stepped in to this KHL and you can just see that he thinks the game so well. And when he has players to play off of, it's just fun to watch. And this is a guy that can, can make a difference for the Eagles sooner than later. If he continues this play, because they, first of all, they need to move on some, from some of this like veteran defense, uh, where it's just a bunch of guys that are just going to be here for a while. Um, they, they, you know, like there's, there's only, you know, Josh Anderson is going to be here. Um, but then you've also, you know, Anton Lindholm's on two year deal. You know, you would expect Callie Rosen, even if he doesn't make the NHL this year, comes back uh, just because he's an RFA. He's very easy to bring back. And Anton Lindholm was given a two year deal for some reason. So, you know, guys are going to be here. Zhravalov can come in and bring a different dimension. Kind of the dimension that we've seen uh, uh, Connor Timmins able to bring. Yeah, very much a similar role. Which, is, which has been very encouraging. That's I, I, Suffice to say, I'm very excited about Zhravalov. We'll save the Eagles prospect, pro prospect, and North America podcast for another day because that one can certainly take up an entire pod all on its yeah. own. Well, I mean, it's so, a whole team full of prospects, so... 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. It's 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 a different focus. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get Patrick on for that one too. Talk some with yeah. him. Yeah. Because he actually gets up there and, and sees them on the rig. I do my best to get up there when the abs aren't playing, but he's our man on the inside, as it were. Yeah, well, and this year, uh, what is it? The abs open up with 10 straight Saturdays with games. So Yeah, then all these back-to-backs in a row. Usually yeah. they can get up for one Eagles game because the abs will have one of the days off, but nope. But Yeah, it's a couple weekends of back-to-backs, uh, and then... They've got another back-to-back next month with Chicago as well. Yeah, so just kind of the way the schedule fell out, but that's going to wrap up this prospect pod. I know a lot of people were asking for it, so we thought we'd bring it to you. Feel free to comment. Let us know what you liked, what you would like to hear about in future episodes of it. I think we're going to try at least initially here to get this about once a month. And then if you want more than that, you want to see highlights, you can always check out the prospect portfolio piece that I do every single week as well. AJ, thanks for coming on, talking a little bit of prospect, something a little bit different for today. But we are going to get out of here on this one as the abs play in two hours now and you got to get to the can. Uh, yeah, I've got to head. Uh, I've got to head out of here and go deal with the uh, snow traffic and an 8 p.m. start because hooray Wednesdays. Yeah. For some reason, the NHL is like, nah, Wednesdays. We'll just play on until the middle of the night. (laughs) Well, hey, at least some kind of abs hockey is on the ice. That's always fun to watch. Thank you, as always, for listening. And you will hear from us again tomorrow. You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover experience after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, the video is worth checking out on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you are needing some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health care and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%. 20%.